Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This episode of the Offside Trap is brought to you by RoughneckScarves.com. 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 Um, our partners over at RoughneckScarves.com have all the high-quality scarves that you could need. Tired of paying $400 for a scarf on eBay? Got a selective opinion on who you want to have a scarf for? You can find it there. MLS. USL. NCAA. U.S. soccer. We, we did it. Home before dark. Home before dark. <laughs> we did it. It's all of them. And they have a lot of great things. They have custom scarves low as low as $7 a scarf. That's crazy to me. That's yeah. absolutely crazy. Uh, they have fundraising options. If you sign up today, you get 15% off of your first purchase there. Go go bulk up. Yeah, go, go, go bulk up. Go load you, up your you scarf might, wall. You might be listening... To Home Before Dark for the first time. You might not be an Atlanta United supporter. You might be listening all the way from Colorado where the where the Rockies are still blue on your Coors Light cans and, you, and you're still hanging out with your big blue Bronco. Mm, the and silver you, bullet. And you want, you want, you're looking for a scarf to keep you warm. You, you want a Colorado Rapids scarf. That's okay. This might be an Atlanta United fan podcast, but they got you covered over at roughneckscarves.com. Make sure you guys go check them out. Get all your scarf needs, summer scarves, or as Kevin was alluding to, your winter scarves. All of them over there, and they have all the options you could ever want at roughneckscarves.com. Now we're on to the offside trap. Hold the line. Hold the line. It's a trap. Let's go. All right. He's really going to love our intro music for this whenever uh, oh, yeah. he gets to hear it. I don't, it know if, I don't know if he's listened to it yet. I, I doubt it, but uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty great. This is an offside trap with Matt Pollard of holding the high line of, uh, of Colorado Rapids fame. Yeah. Hello, guys. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to talk about uh, and, you know, preview this match between two one-time MLS Cup winners um, and talk about all things going wrong with the dumpster fire that is the Burgundy Boys right now. Hey, man, yeah. you, you guys have at least one supporter shield over us, right? Uh, no, no supporter ah, shield. Just, just the, MLS Cup. Just, just the, the MLS Cup in 2010 uh, in Toronto against uh, FC Dallas on an own goal, no less. Mm, it's... Sounds it's, riveting. It, in true Game of Thrones fashion, it's like Battle of the Bastards, but it's Battle of the Bottoms this weekend. Power Bottoms. Exactly. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's it's an interesting weekend coming up. On uh, on Saturday, we have Colorado Rapids joining us in in Atlanta for um, Battle of the Bottoms. Yeah, yeah Battle yeah. of the Bottoms. We have twelfth uh, place in both divisions playing against each other, right? Yeah, it should be really really great. I know a lot of eyes are going to be tuned in for this one. Uh, yeah, it should be uh, should be interesting, Matt. Uh, I mean, it's been we don't we don't want to pour on, but uh, how long have you been a, a Rapids fan? Um, I started covering the team for Last Word on Soccer in um, 2016. I'm actually a transplant, like a lot of people from Colorado in 2015. Um, but I've been watching MLS uh, pretty solidly since about 2012. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, it's so in the past two years, there's been kind of a precipitous drop with the the form of this team, right? Uh, yeah, well, I, I would say in hindsight now, we could say that 2016, you know, when they nearly won the Supporters' Shield, and, you know, it was hashtag keep fighting with Pablo Mastorini and his plan kind of coming to fruition. I think we can say in hindsight now that that was a little bit of a blip. You know, you had some good moments um, up until 2014 when Oscar Pereja um, was coaching the team and it was kind of hashtag play your kids almost to the level of the New York Red Bulls. Obviously, he takes the FC Dallas job and you know, then moves on to other things um, in Mexico. And then Pablo Mastroeni, who had just retired, was kind of learning on the job with a front office that had a lot of moving parts and also had a lot of people moving on the job and doing so in a changing MLS and an MLS where if you're just a bottom basement team in terms of spending, which what the Rapids were up until last year, um, you know, just you had to excel in something, whether that was academy or the draft or something. And the Rapids didn't really do anything that they didn't excel in any of those areas. They were good at defending because that was something Pablo Mastroeni cared about as a player. They were bad at offense because that was something Pablo Mastroeni didn't care about as a player. Um, they found some level of offense and had one of the best defenses of all time in 2016. Um, and then uh, Porrick Smith, the general manager of the Rapids, decided they need to transition uh, into a more attacking team, go on over to the Denver Post and search the Rapids' way for his whole manifesto on that. And that kind of led to the sacrifice of the 2017 season for the sake of next year. And, you know, we can get into what's gone right and in particular what's gone wrong in the Porrick Smith, Anthony Hudson era since then. That was a lot to, a a lot lot to, to take unpack. in. A lot to a lot unpack, to unpack there. Um, so what do you think is to blame so far with Colorado's run of form this season? I know just about every team has some impetus that leads to it maybe in seasons past, like you mentioned, things that were maybe two or three years ago. Uh, but obviously you go into each season expecting to see better results than maybe you had seen in the year previous or to continue a really good run of form. If you happen to win the, the cup the year prior, which maybe makes it a little bit harder for some of Atlanta fans to deal with this year. But what do you think is maybe the culprit or what's to blame for Colorado's run of form six or seven games in so far this year? Um, I would say if we're, if we're nailing it down to individuals, I think, you know, um, Coach Hudson said in the postgame media session, this would have been the last home game. So the loss against D.C. United, that pretty much every defender who's play, who started two games this year has played themselves out of a starting role. Um, that position just they, they haven't found anything at center back. You know, at this point, it's, you know, do you want to pick one guy and have it be death by firing squad or another guy and have it be death by poison? Um, they've had some good moments in the attack. 
um, from the fullback positions, but that's a lot of new players. We can get into people individually if you want. And then the midfield still really hasn't been sorted out. The 3-5-2 was an absolute disaster, a part of, you know, the longest losing streak for the club in history, you know, going back to June of last year. They switch over to the 4-4-2 diamond that simplified things in terms of who was doing what, and they brought in some pieces that could maybe fit that. But it's still, you know, it hasn't really been a diamond in true form. It's kind of been a Rorschach test of, you know, you see what you want in that. And there's just been so much movement in it. And rather than trying to dictate the pace, reacting to what the opponent's doing, and in that, the shape of the midfield breaks down, that has led to a lack of offensive opportunities and support to the forwards, and then also not really a whole lot of support from the defense. They've done better the last couple of games in terms of getting service to Kai Kamara. That's led to generally good things, but to the detriment of the defense and the the center back situation they have right now, they just they don't have a pair that 1v1 can defend well, aren't very quick, and they are prone to mistakes that opponents victimize super easy, you know, as we saw with the, the Chicago fire running rampant um, last Saturday. So if you've, you've essentially written off your entire back line, how do you adjust and come back in defensively in this lineup? You know, what depth positions are there? What players are there maybe in waiting to look to step up? What threats do you think are viable options on the back line for Colorado right now? Well, first of all, we'll start with the I'll, – I'll go from right to left. Um, right back was an absolute disaster for the Rapids last year. Marlon Harrison just didn't really work out in the wingback position at all. And then it was kind of a shuffling of players and just sort of, you know, uh, you know, square pegs into round holes. Um, I think Keegan Rosenberry's had a lot of really good moments this season, formerly the Philadelphia Union. He's had a lot of bad moments. I think he just needs to get comfortable in what he's actually doing. And a lot of the issues going on with him is the fact that he gets forward and and thinks that he has coverage from whoever is on that midfield side with him. And because of the issues that I talked about in your last question about what's going on in the midfield, he just hasn't really had a whole lot of support. So he's on an island overlapping into the attack and he's on an island defensively and you know when you have to line up against a high quality winger you know the Rapids haven't played Carlos Vela and LAFC yet that's a recipe for disaster so I think he could improve a little bit individually and I think the team and what's going on in the midfield could support him a little bit more I'll say the same thing for whoever's playing at left back um, it's been Dylan Serna um, for most of the season but the last two games it's been Sam Vines homegrown um, just 18 years old you know he just needs minutes at this point you know he's he's probably at the left back position where Miles Robinson for Atlanta probably was last year where he just needs to get a little bit more comfortable as as far as the center back position the only two players we haven't seen this year um, are Courtney Ford who was a former rookie of the year candidate um and was really excellent in both the three-man back line and the four-man back line last year. He has not been healthy. He had a knee injury in preseason, was listed as out for four to six weeks, and then on the Rapids official injury report, he was listed as out for four to six weeks for over two months. That doesn't really work from a math calendar standpoint. Yeah. And this past week, he was just listed as out. Um, I heard, you know, as I, I heard that um, a couple weeks ago from a club source saying that he was out a month that would have been the full month this week. So based on that reporting that I got, he was supposed to be available for this week. Um, I haven't heard anything. I think he's the best option in terms of defensive soundness, having a little bit more speed and still providing that um, playing out of the back that Anthony Hudson has. Who's playing at the other center back position next to him? I have no idea. Um, you know, at this point, the uh, transfer window is technically open until May 7th. I think the Rapids might 
want to look at some options there. I don't know what they'd be able to find. I mean, at this point, I'd probably be calling Seattle Sounders and asking, what do you want for Roman Torres? Yeah. You know, the the other big component of defenses is, is what you're doing directly behind it. What's been the overall feeling on Tim Howard this year? I mean, it's his last year, right? Yes, he is officially retiring and he'll be out of contract. And, you know, he's uh, he hasn't really been taking it as a, you know, um, you know, as a victory lap the way that we might have seen with Landon Donovan in 2014. I'm actually wearing my. Well, that's what that's what called it to my attention was I I could see the old dome up at the top of the just just off screen there. (laughs) Yeah. So um, there's been I I was kind of drumming this up on Twitter and had some Rapids fans and some general um, MLS fans kind of coming at me. Um. I haven't had an issue with anything Tim Howard's doing. You know, I think he's doing the best he can with the circumstances in front of him. I think a lot of the hot takes, both from the fan base and then the general MLS populace, just looks at the goals that they've conceded and are immediately assuming that Tim Howard is the problem, possibly because of his age. He had a couple howlers last year that were pretty bad, but you know, on on holding the high line, uh, Mark Goodman and I, soccer rabbi, um, when we talk about goals or mistakes or an individual game, we like to talk about the blame pie. And we think about in terms of who deserves fault for something going wrong, how big of a slice of a blame pie does somebody get? If I look at, say, the Sean Johnson own goal at Minnesota a couple weeks ago where he just lets the ball go by him from the six-yard box, he gets the entirety of that blame pie. You know, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't blame Joseph Martinez for either of the goals that Dallas got this past weekend. It's a he really, gets no blame yeah. pie for those two goals. We might have to and, steal that. We might do it like a, a blame pizza or a, a blame. We would put some blame weird cobbler. Yeah, exactly. Or a, or a blame waffle. We're in Waffle House country down uh, here. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Huddle, huddle House country. <laughs> Bla- me, a blame so pancake. Much. Yeah, a blame cake. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, with I mean, that's a great point. I mean, we don't watch Ra- Rapids football week in, week out like you do. So we kind of had the same kind of uh, influence that probably everybody else around the league does whenever we're watching certain highlights and, and seeing him getting up in age and just thinking, I mean, he probably should move on to his ownership role at Memphis yeah. FC sooner rather than later. But, um, yeah, I mean... Again, it's it's tough for us. It's good to have that insight, knowing that you know from your from your perspective, maybe it's it's more so that patchwork defense. I mean, Danny Wilson came in, uh, former Liverpool great, uh, didn't come in and and do a whole lot, right? Light up the team. I mean, what's what's been has it been the same front office in terms of these um, DP signing? Or well, I guess was Danny Wilson wasn't a DP, I guess, right? He was a Tam. No, guy. he's uh, he's a Tam player as is um tommy smith you know who had that pretty bad gaffe on the second goal for chicago um the only two dps um on roster right now are tim howard at about uh, you know depending on what the what we get with the new um salary bumps for this year about 2.6 million last year and then uh skel shingashi who was waived right before the season for the team to get um uh, roster compliant he had a whole bunch of injury and attitude issues and he was a lame duck and the team wasn't bringing him back no matter what um he's technically still a dp because the rapids are paying his salary but uh, after him the next highest paid player would be uh kai kamara whose reported salary has been at about nine hundred thousand dollars and he's been on tam um as is kellen acosta um jack price and Benny Fellhopper. Well, I mean, if you look at Kai Kamara, he's been one of the few bright spots on the team, right? If you just look from a straight, you know, box score perspective, am I wrong? 
Uh, no, he's he's been the team MVP so far. You know, he's been the one good thing that I think the team has had. There was a lot of trepidations amongst the fan base about Kamara coming in, just with how he's kind of burned out his welcome as the last couple clubs. This might be pre you guys getting into MLS, but you know, Google Kai Kamara, um, Federico Iguain, and you'll see there was a really bad blow up over a PK issue. I want to say 2015, maybe 2016, um, when he was with Columbus Crew, and everybody came in and thought, oh, he's going to be a locker room cancer. If things don't go well, like he's going to be a problem and he's come in and he's been a consummate professional. Um, he's got a lot of former sporting Kansas City um, buddies who are on the team as well. He and Benny Fellhaber were really good friends when they were both um, playing for Peter Vermees and KC. Um, and he's just been he's had a workmanlike attitude. He's been absolutely what this team's needed from a number nine position. And the one the one assurance you have that's good from a rapid standpoint right now is if you get Kai Kamara the ball, he will score or he will create space to allow somebody else to score. Um, you know, he's the team MVP and it's not even close right now. Yeah. I mean, if I, was it, was it in new England or was it in Columbus where he retired just to get out of a contract? Seemingly, wasn't that a few years ago that seemed like he was stepping away and then he came back and he was playing for somebody else the next year. If I'm not, uh, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else, but, um, it might've been somebody up. Uh, there was, I remember he said, uh, when he was with Columbus and they made the final and ended up losing to Portland, I think he said it might've been in hindsight that, um, you know, if they had won MLS cup, he would have retired uh, them at that point and then just yeah, gone back and done his charity stuff in, um, in, uh, in Sierra Leone. But, um, I don't think that was the circumstances upon which he left Columbus for New England, New England for Vancouver. Obviously, he wanted out of Vancouver with the the new coaching change, and the Rapids needed a striker. Yeah, I mean the the Rapids offense certainly is not the issue. Um, if you look at that, they have <laughs> they'd be second in the East right now in goals scored with twelve. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Toronto is leading the league. At, or no, I guess. Uh, well, LA, LAFC is leading the league. But. It, it certainly seems this year is a bit of an inverse of what we saw last year, where the East seemed to be the more dominant conference by and large last year, and, and the West is a little West, bit more I think the a, West is just top-heavy right now. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, if you look at the bottom... But even, but even to see that Colorado would be leading in, in goal scored in the East right now. Or second in goal scored. Second yeah. in goal scored versus, you know, you see D.C. United getting upset this past weekend. Uh, teams that you think are obviously it's still very early on, but right now it seems that the West is the stronger conference, you know, even with they have a little bit of the same thing going on on their side as the East does where Portland who ends up playing in the cup last year is at the bottom of the table, just like Atlanta United is. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season shakes out. Um, so going into this weekend, one of the things we like to discuss with everybody is so much of the season and, and week to week is predicated on who's trending and who's maybe not trending so much. Um, who do you think puts Colorado in the best chance to win this weekend? And who do you think is the biggest liability for Colorado, uh, on the road this weekend? Uh, well, I think especially if Atlanta comes out and they've got the three-man back line, I think what is Kai Kamara doing to occupy the Michael Parkhurst and the Mile Robinsons of the world? We saw, you know, albeit against Orlando, that you know are the you know that are the chaotic neutral of MLS at home. 
Sorry about that. Good job, Matt. Um, uh, we saw that at times when he was able to occupy multiple center backs, that completely destroyed Orlando's width and then just allowed Dylan Serna and then later Declan Wynn on the left and then on the right, Keegan Rosenberry, get a lot further forward. I think even with the defensive issues on the offensive end, the fullbacks have been gaining confidence. I'd say that definitely about Keegan Rosenberry. And then Sam Vines hasn't really had two bad games um, in his first two starts at the MLS level. Level, um, in 2019 if they can do something whether that's Kai occupying center backs or something else such that they're able to dominate on the wings I think Colorado could have some success just because then they double up on the wings get people forward and then just lump balls into the box and figure at some point Kai Kamara is going to beat Brad Guzan um, I think the biggest area of concern for the Rapids um, is Jack Price getting the red card right at the end of the game you know when the result was already secured for Chicago and just what's going to happen in that holding midfielder role um, Kellen Acosta hasn't really been impressive in the number eight position I'm not sure who else you could put in you know other than Benny Fellhaber in which case then there's a question of who's playing um, up top in the diamond. There's just there's so many issues going on in the midfield, and Jack Price has been the one area of consistency for that. And not having him because he's suspended for this Saturday is going to leave a huge hole, and that's you know a hole that certainly a, a Joseph Martinez could take advantage of. So, yeah, I, I got a feeling we didn't even talk about this whenever we just wrapped recording. Score prediction. What what are you thinking this weekend? <sighs> I mean. At the it, it doesn't matter who's playing at center back. I'm going to doubt whoever Anthony Hudson puts out there until they prove me wrong. Um, you know, we we had a joke going into the second losing streak um, last year between me, my my co-son holding the high line. And a few other Rapids fans that uh, the Rapids were slump busters SC that, oh, you had a team that oh was struggling or a striker who had gone a month without scoring a goal. Play the Rapids. You know, the, <laughs> the Rapids are the are the opening square on Monopoly, you know, collect, you know, pass, go, score a goal, collect two hundred dollars. Um, <clears throat> So uh, I'll take Atlanta in this one 2-1. Um, I think Kai Kamara will find something just with what they create. But, you know, I, I don't see any answers on this roster right now. You know, if you told me that, you know, Anthony Hudson was signing two DP center backs between now and Saturday and they were starting, maybe we have a different conversation. But I don't trust those center backs, especially without, you know, Jack Price is the lone watcher on the wall defending them. Um, you know, I, I just think it's going to be a field day. And uh, Joseph Martinez is going to break out of his slump, you know, Know, maybe Ezekiel Barco gets one as well, and uh, the five stripes will get three points. Yeah, I, I agree with you with the three line. I think this may be the the highest scoring game that we see out of Atlanta United this this season so far. I think it's a three two game. I think just as many issues as Colorado is maybe having with their back line, Atlanta United's trying to contend with on theirs as well with Brexhay at left back, and then there's some mixed. Ma- m- mismatch with uh, Michael Parkhurst and Miles Robinson at times on the uh, right back and center back role. So I think it's going to be a high scoring game, but I think Atlanta ends up pulling it out three, two. Yeah, I, like, I don't know. I like that two, one. Uh, I like that two, one line. Um, I mean, as, as bad as we talk about the, or as um, inconsistent as our back line has been, as we talk about, we've only given up, I think eight goals. And I mean, for being at the bottom of the table, only giving up eight goals and uh, what has it been? Six games. Yeah. I don't think it's that bad. Yeah. We just, we just haven't scored uh, yeah. a ton. So um, hopefully Slump Busters FC is, uh, <laughs> hopefully is, it goes our way is what it comes out to be, but hopefully it'll be a, a good game in general. Um, you're not making it over by chance, are you? 
Um, I am not actually. Um, I'll actually be over. Um, I have a great uncle um, on the British side of the family. If I took off my hat, you'd see flaming red hair that goes back to um, that goes back to the Irish roots. It's actually um, his 90th birthday, um, and I'll be going over um, with a couple of other my family members. Um, and I'm actually a Fulham supporter, so um, I'll be seeing Fulham at Craven Cottage taking on um, Cardiff City. That'll be an 11 p.m. Great Britain time um, for the kickoff on Saturday. We'll see whether not i'm awake for that um there will be a number of rapids media members i know who will be going there i don't remember offhand but uh jake shapiro from the denver post i believe abby mood who is the um uh managing editor of the burgundy wave over at sb nation so there'll be a pretty solid uh burgundy contingency a lot of really friendly faces feel free to say hi just maybe don't talk too much trash (laughs) oh no we always welcome everybody um if you if you are traveling from colorado to atlanta be sure to stop by the gulch there there is no shortage of things to do uh whether if you're tailgating or around town um however you got here we're, we're always happy to have you so whenever you're not supporting color i guess you you kind of just touched on it um we always like to ask it, who whenever you're not watching colorado or x team whenever we're talking to these other shows who else are you watching i guess it seems like full on any other sports or teams that you typically like to follow Ah, well, I I went to uh, the University of Miami for undergrad, so on the college football side, definitely go Canes. Um, I don't know if you guys are are Bulldogs by chance, but there's a special place in my heart. All uh, Clemson, baby. Oh, okay. That's that's (laughs) fine. You're you're repping the ACC. Anybody but Bama at this point. So, um, you know, I I pay attention to them. Um, In terms of just generally who I'm watching at MLS, obviously, you know, there's three powers in the Western Conference right now who, no matter how much you like or dislike them, are absolutely fun to watch. I think what Bob Bradley's doing at LAFC is, you know, nothing short of genius. Obviously, you know, the Seattle Sounders are off to a good start for the first time in a while for them, and they're absolutely fun to watch. And, you know, I mean, it, it, we we are blessed in MLS to get to see um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic play well on a I daily basis. Agree more. So, yeah, yeah could- so... Uh, you know, there's a bunch of fun teams on that. And in terms of like who I like to watch in the Eastern Conference, um, I don't know if they're good, but I think they're intriguing what they've done this year. Just the Philadelphia Union with being more of a pressing team and them kind of going a hybrid between, you know, um, you know, bringing in um, Fabi- uh, Fabian and then also mm-hmm. having a couple of other young kids. And then I'm really curious to see um, what Caleb Porter's doing um, uh, with Columbus Crew. So that's that's what I'm doing from a, uh, a sports standpoint right now. Awesome, man. You got your hands tied. I'm glad you could free up a little bit of time to hang out with us tonight. I feel like you've got a game on anytime you turn on the TV at this point. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Well, Matt, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh, Where can the people find you at? Where can they find all the content and, and good stuff that you guys are doing over there? Yeah, sure. Um, check me out individually um, at LWS Matt Pollard, and then all of my writing, write, uh, written musings will be at lastwordonsoccer.com. Um, and then if you want the audio stuff, I do a general MLS podcast with uh, Daniel Sperry, um, who writes for um, MLSsoccer.com on the Sporting Kansas City side. Um, that's Last Word SC. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. And then for rapid-specific stuff, um, check us out um, at uh, Holding the High Line with Rabbi and Red. It's interesting that you mentioned that this being an offside trap because uh, I'm a natural right back, and then uh, Mark, my co-host, is a D-mid, and we are both fans of holding a high line in the soccer sense. And uh, I don't know if you're a family-friendly podcast, but there's a triple on nope. with a okay, okay, it, it's a weed reference as well, as well as uh, as well as a um, you know uh, strength and altitude, you know, five thousand, you know, a mile above 
um, above sea level as well. So that's our, our fun little thing. Um, and then you can uh, hit uh, Holding the Highline up on Twitter at Rapids96Podcast or email us at Rapids96Podcast at gmail.com if you want a massive stats rebuttal to um, my take that uh, it's not all Tim Howard's fault right now as far as the, the Rapids leading in a whole lot of goals. Awesome, man! You're everywhere. I was, I was hoping there, I was hoping there would be a Helms Deep reference in there somewhere, but <laughs> hold the line. But no, no, no. You want that's it. just me. I wanted it. I was reading, <laughs> I was reading between the lines. Oh, okay. It's, it's a little bit more like, like Tim Howard is Jon Snow, Battle of the Bastards, just oh, you know, getting out his sword, and it's just like, all right, I'm just taking on like all of, uh, all of the, the Boltons right now. Exactly, exactly. Right, I don't know what that. That's means. a good reference, Tim. Don't you get it? Don't you like that reference? Nope. Isn't that a good one? Nope. <laughs> I keep wanting to talk Game of Thrones with Tim, and he he avoids trying to start the show whatsoever after eight years now. It's just because there's so much to go back and watch. I'm going to have to dedicate entirely too much time to binge watch it just to catch up. Worth it. Worth every bit of it. I still haven't watched The Wire. Like, that's sitting in my queue yeah. in front of Game of Thrones. Well, at least the Americans is sitting in front of my queue and... I don't right. know. Whatever. I have like twelve episodes of Chopped on my. <laughs> exactly. You can watch diners, drive-ins, and dives for twelve hours straight. Yeah. Who can't? <laughs> I, I feel like that's a like that's a like that's a decision you made. Like you're digging your own grave with those decisions exactly. voluntarily. Oh yeah. You like being my friend, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's a Tim's, deep. It's a deep grave at this t- point. Tim's man. been known to make some questionable decisions based on that. So yeah, that's for sure. All right, man. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Um, yeah, and then we it sucks we only get one game with you guys this year. I was going to say, we, we need to find out what to do for the next one, but I was looking yeah, at the schedule. Frontier cheap, or flights are cheap. Next year, we'll have to make our uh, make our way over to Colorado. That's it. I like it. Uh, Braves uh, Braves taking on the Rockies, maybe. I'm not sure. But yeah, Ooh, this will like actually, it. this will be the, the first game that the Rapids have played at Mercedes-Benz. Um, you know, last year was uh, the Five Stripes' first appearance at Dick's. And then um, I want to say the Rapids were the last or maybe the second to last home game um, at Bobby Dodd um, in the inaugural year. Right. So, um, you know, it'll, I think it'll be fantastic for the club to be in that fantastic new stadium. Um, hopefully the turf uh, doesn't bounce too horribly for the players who don't like turf. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Thanks again, man. Thank you for having me. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.